0: Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11
1: a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, torg Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work, and man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone, so I can keep working all day long. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to Anchor.fm/start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor.fm/start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back, guys, to a brand new episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey and DJ with you today. And we're going to start the episode out with a little bit of a bang after this weekend. So, literally and metaphorically, I do mean it. Uh, Derek Lewis, obviously rocking the world uh, as Curtis Blades. Came in for a shot and just was delivered with the touch of death from Derek Lewis. Um, so the bang I'm talking about was obviously the bang from Derek Lewis's glove hitting Curtis's blade, hitting Curtis Blades, uh, ending the what it was a really good fight night that uh, on Saturday. But DJ, what did you see in that fight?
0: Okay, I wasn't sure which bang you were talking about. If it was the punch or his body hitting the ground in the follow-up shots, because that was absolutely devastating for him probably the second best power puncher in the heavyweight division and one of the better ones we've ever seen. We mentioned a little bit last week and talked about it when I, in the block too, it's like Curtis blades has every tool to win, but Derek Lewis has the ability to completely knock out a stegosaurus in one shot. So there's very few things you, you have to be perfect around him. You can't make a mistake. And when he throws that uppercut, it's as Curtis blades is shooting. So it's not only a force of Derek Luce's punch, but it's the force of 260 pound Curtis blades dropping, dipping down with his full athletic momentum right into that fist. So that was one of the more, wow. Just the explosion in that shot. Basically that collision power. I wish they could do a sports science on how much force that generated. Cause that was probably terrifying. And for Curtis blades, that's got to hurt, man. You've won basically nine of your last 10. You're on the cusp of a almost title shot after John Jones takes on the winner of steep in Francis. And now you're back to kind of back in the line. And he wasn't exactly everybody's first choice for a number one and a half contender either way. So now he's got to climb that much more to get back out of it. If you're Derek Lewis Welcome back, young man. We've, we kind of missed you a little bit. We haven't seen like Derek Lewis fought for the title a couple years ago against DC. Didn't look great. The back injury, all that sort of thing. He's talked about being healthy and he looked healthy on Saturday, delivering the touch of death against the guy that very few people want to fight too, in Curtis blades, just with his wrestle heavy style. He's able to beat a lot of those guys in the heavyweight division.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a, he talked about that, that wrestle heavy style. It's, it's something, if you're a striker, I imagine that's a dream, dream shot to land on somebody who is a wrestler, Oh, it's the one
0: that everybody wants, though. That and the flying knee that Masvidal caught Ben Askerman. Those are the two that striking first guys like. Oh, you want to shoot? You're get this is the tip. Prototypical, we'll make you pay for your shot thing that everybody dreams to land. Basically, it those are the two where it's like, yes, it's like the per- when the perfect crack of the bat when you hit a home run, the perfect release on a three point shot, the perfect tackle in football. Like that's the perfect moment, basically, as far as sports analogies go.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it sets up Derek Lewis for a great. Rest of this year, I mean, we talked about it's basically one and a half in line for the next title shot in the in the heavyweight division after Stipe and and Ghanu go after it, and then John Jones fights the winner. Uh, it's it's gonna be it sets, sets up an absolutely fantastic rest of this this year for the heavyweight division. But we've already pre- previewed that a little bit, and we're gonna keep previewing it uh, as we get closer to the ngannou Stipe fight, and then again once we get closer to the John Jones and the winner of that fight. So that'll be very. We got a, we got a whole lot of UFC to talk about this year, but. We'll get to that later. First, we're go we want a different
0: type of collision. Now, yeah.
1: now the other bang that happened last week. Uh, right as soon as our episode was about to go live, Indy decided to drop a bomb on all of us and land Carson Wentz as we were talking about him on the episode. We recorded it the night before and talking about how great of a fit he would be in Indy and how they'd do all this, and they didn't want to settle. And they didn't. And DJ, what's I mean? Obviously, we talked about how we didn't want we didn't want to see them settle for Carson Wentz. Uh, you didn't want to see them give in, to, in uh, to Philadelphia's high desires. How do you think that trade ended up for both sides?
0: I will say in that episode too, we talked about it when we said like, all right, Sam, Darnold, Carson Wentz, Those are your two choices. And I was, you and me were both like, Oh man, that's tough. Cause like, well, Indy is such a quarterback friendly team with a good offensive line an amazing GM a quarterback is your head coach, pretty good receivers, the running game, like it's quarterback friendly. So either one of those guys with that talent, you're like, Yes, give me that guy, the Sam Darnold, who randomly yeets all over the place and pulls some Patrick Mahomes stuff, but has won like nine games in his career. Carson Wentz, who's a former MVP. At the end of 2019, we were talking about him as a top five quarterback dragging Greg Ward as his number one receiver to the, to the playoffs. I think the only quarterback I can ever think of, that 4,000 passing yards, but his number one receiver, he had no receiver with more than 500 receiving yards. Like absolutely ballistic. So that's kind of... So we were kind of debating between those two. I leaned a little more towards Sam Darnold because of the money. But at the same time, we were both saying, like, Carson Wentz, if he has anything left in him, if he's not completely shot, this is your opportunity, young man. You're going to the most quarterback-friendly situation that doesn't have a quarterback, if that makes sense. Yeah, You gave up a two and a a conditional two that could become a one if Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. And a three this year, so you still got your one and two this year. You could trade back and get picks next year, which – Chris Bauer the Colts GM loves to do. He has one first round pick in his four years and it was Quentin Nelson. Why break batting a 1000%? If you want to technically consider it? the other one is DeForest Buckner last year. Why why, why break a good thing?
1: Hey, some of the best sub uh, some of the best pinch hitters are one for one and with one home run and that's all that matters. Uh but yeah, you're exactly right. I think this is a fantastic we even talked about it too. If you could land him for a third in this year's draft, you just know, steal. I mean, you just you might have just stolen a pick because your third third round pick in this year's draft isn't really going to go to any productive player, really. Normally, I especially mean, the Colts, the the is, Eagles
0: draft. Honestly, I mean, if we're being honest, they're not exactly. Their draft prowess has not been very heralded recently.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the Colts are a little different story. Their third round picks seem to pan out pretty well, uh, especially in recent memory. But for the Eagles, getting that third round pick, it's kind of like, well, are you going to draft a receiver again, or are you going to draft a linebacker to go with your twenty other ones you keep on the roster for some reason? Or are you
0: can try and use this to trade up and ruin another quarterback's career. at Number two, like what yeah, we
1: like, like what's going on here? So I think I think if you're the Colts, I think as of right now you won this deal, and even if you have to give up a one next year, that obviously means Carson Wentz just played like an MVP, and you had you had a shot at a Super Bowl title, whether they win it or not next year, different story. But if he plays up to giving up a first round pick for all intents and purposes, you can imagine this team being a contender a strong contender even more even stronger than they were this year for a super bowl
0: it's kind of weird because we've been i've been thinking about this trade a lot too because we talked about it a lot it's like do they really see something that everyone else doesn't see considering they were it sounds like they're the only ones who actually were bidding on him too like the bears looked at him but they're like meh other teams inquired about him but they were like meh so what was it the colts maybe see so i started looking into it a little bit more like what what's going on here why does nobody else want this guy like so first of all Wow, the fact that if he is a, as good as he was with Frank Reich, we've heard all of that stuff. We won't get into that too much. Like oh, MVP 2017, Frank Reich, all running game. We've gone into all of that sort of thing, so we won't dive too much into that. because you've heard that at nauseum. <laughs> what I thought was kind of interesting though is so obviously the, the knee injuries. Then the next year he gets that stress fracture in his back, coming up trying to come back too early. But he still he still managed to toss 48 touchdowns compared to only 14 interceptions those next couple of years. He's everyone talks about he's a turnover machine, but his career, he's only had double-digit interceptions this last year when he was an absolute travesty in his rookie year. Obviously, the fumbles, my lord, he has to learn how to put just not fumble the ball. Like it, he—that's his biggest issue. When I look at him, is he squeezes that ball and it pops right out, like trying to squeeze butter or something like that. So, fumbling is the biggest issue. But as far as throwing interceptions, I don't—it's really not as bad as people think it is. Like they were—they have—it's what have you done for me lately? And last year was absolutely terrible. Some of those interceptions was what are you doing? Some of them were arm punts. And then other ones were just, you're playing with a kind of a mediocre team, honestly. I mean, we talk about Jalen Hurts came in, and suddenly they were better. They were 1-4, in four and he had 50% completion, too. I mean, he was a little more of a spark plug and a little less painful to watch, but that team was an absolute travesty, really. And we also forget, like, this. you know what this sounds a lot like? Phillip Rivers when he went to the Colts last year, too. Broken quarterback coming off leading the league in turnovers. He's shot. What are you doing? The One year it's a waste. He, they were 11-5 under him, and for all the ish, everyone likes to give Phil because he had some terrible games in his. He's had some terrible games in his life, including last year. There's a few of them, but you look at some games like in that playoff game, he had them in position to win. Like by all accounts, Philip Rivers did not lose that playoff game against the Bills. He almost won that game for them. That final drive, they just basically ran out of time in real estate. So if they get Philip Rivers plus a little bit of mobility because Carson Wentz is more mobile than Carson Wentz injured is more mobile than Philip Rivers, that's a steal for them too. And then we overlook the problem that Wentz had in Philadelphia with Doug. The, him and Peterson didn't talk for, what was it, like 10 weeks is what some of the reports say now, yeah. too?
1: Yeah, close obviously, to two and a half months.
0: And him and Frank Reich are talking, like, have been talking since Frank left. Like, they probably talked more during that time than he did with Doug. Yeah. So, obviously, they have a much better connection there, which from your franchise quarterback, you don't really want that. It has, like, a petty feel to it. And then the whole him being upset with Jalen Hurts getting drafted, that's obviously, you don't want to hear that. But at the same time... We talked. I just talked about what Carson Wentz did last year at the end of 2019, dragging that team to the playoffs before getting basically his head bounced off the ground by Jadavian Clowney and getting injured. After that game, Peterson more or less stripped Carson Wentz of much of his control over the offense, like the ability to call plays at the line, change things, move around. He told him basically, You can't do that. And basically, it was like, We have no faith in you. Oh, and by the way, here's Jalen Hurts. So you better be perfect. That's what are you trying to do there? Like the only quarterback that could get away with something like that. would maybe be Tom Brady when they had Jimmy Garoppolo. And even then it wasn't something like that. They let Tom Brady do his thing. You just yeah. knew there was a, f- the future behind you. This one, they told Carson, you do exactly what I say. And by the way, i want to call stupid plays too. Yeah. Peter, he didn't do a lot of favors. With his offensive play calling last year. He didn't do it. We saw Jalen hurts was running for his life too. The difference is he's a pure runner. So he can get away from those terrible play calls a little cleaner. So if they can Frank, right. Can fix that and not rebuild carson but reestablish that foundation you already had and be like look if you see something call the play just be comfortable and don't don't guess be like that yeah, sort of thing recent, like
1: recentering yourself basically is what they need to do at Carson. pretty
0: much what you did during that mvp season what you did in 2019 like what you did when you were at your best like just 2017 not 2018 just what you were doing at your best that's yeah. kind of what i think him and frank will that's what frank could get out of him if it is there still the question is is it still there or is he shot completely is he a shot fighter Yeah. So I think this one fell a little bit more on Doug Peterson than people want to admit. But at the same time, Carson's got to prove he's got that mental toughness. He's got that gangster to lead a team like this where it's kind of on you. I mean, there is nothing about this team that is not quarterback friendly. The receiver depth could be a little bit better maybe. But, God, you're going to have every opportunity to make it work. So if if you can't make it work here, your career is done.
1: Yeah, I mean, the worst thing about this team is they just haven't re-signed TY yet. I mean that's that's <laughs> the worst that's the worst thing about your receiving core. They don't and uh, the rest of the receiving core that's there right now, they're possession guys. I mean, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way by any means to the guys that are there. I mean that in a very good way for being quarterback friendly. Like, like they Zach catch Castro, with their hands, Michael
0: Pittman, they will catch the ball, get the first downs, but they're not really burners necessarily. Yeah. Paris Campbell would be a burner if he can play, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, if,
1: if he can stay healthy for once. But to your point about Doug Peterson, I still remember the stat that they posted when they announced that Jalen Hurts would take over. And one of the stats was on plays called by Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz had a 45% completion rate where all of his, all of his picks came from those plays on plays called changed at the line by Carson Wentz. He had a 70% completion rate with only his fumbles coming in those plays,
0: which he, that is his biggest deal yeah. He has to stop fumbling with, but I think his interceptions were blown a little out of proportion career-wise. Definitely, like yeah, last I, year was terrible. Like you mentioned, though, there's a there's some issues there. There's some underlying issues to say the yeah. least.
1: And when you and when you tell tell your quarterback who's coming off of injury to go throw 45 times a a, a a game, and you're not giving him any receivers to throw to, and you're not taking any pressure off of him by keeping a, a running back in or by running the ball, even when you have a guy like Miles Sanders to run the ball with for when they had him. I mean, you're not really asking for success from your quarterback to begin with. And even Jalen Hurts had his own issues with throwing picks when he came in. So it's not like it was a perfect system by Doug Peterson by any means. Um, and when you
0: tell your quarterback, we don't trust you at the line to change the plays anyway. Basically, when we have to run in two minutes or we're running quickly, then you could do it. But I don't trust you if you see cover two and we're running a play that cover two shuts down just like two generic drags right at it. You can't change it to going right up the seams or right up the sideline. You have to run my play.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it is, that's something that it, coming out of college – he's been renowned for from Carson Wentz has been renowned for his play calling IQ and being able to change the play at the line because he did it in North Dakota state successfully. I mean, he's the reason they went to the national title and won it three straight times when he was there. I mean, the dude's not bad by any means. He knows he can read football plays and he can read coverages. It's just a matter of, there was just, I think, I think this really boils down to, there was no trust as you talked about. I mean, they said they didn't trust him. And if you're a quarterback, why would I trust and them then? You know, like, you don't want to trust me, heard, why do I trust you?
0: And from what we've heard, too, is no, no player has really said anything negative besides maybe Miles Sanders had, like, that sarcastic Instagram post of some afterwards, too. But other than that, we've heard, like, Fletcher Cox say, he's my favorite player on the team, he's my best friend. We've heard Chris Long say nothing but good things about him. So yeah. Jason Kelsey
1: those, the most yeah. outspoken person and the one that has to deal with Carson on a literal personal level. Like, Carson's hands are touching Jason Kelsey's undercarriage Hmm. on at least 60% of the plays, like he's,
0: well, maybe 30 now, since everything's a shotgun, but yeah, same difference. Still, Yeah.
1: I mean, even in practice and everything, like you consider that like they are bros, but at the same time, it's a profession. He, if you're the center, you want what's best for the team because first of all, you're a center and you are get tired of getting blown off the ball for, if somebody's going to be killing your quarterback. So you take a lot of the heat. So you obviously want the best quarterback back there. And he's like, yeah, I love Carson Carson was my brother. And that's like, you know, and it's not like it's a slight on J- Jalen Hurst. Don't take it like we're saying that. We're taking it as a – this had more to do with organizational issues than it did player personnel issues. I I, I feel like we can both agree on that this is an organizational issue in, with the Eagles that caused a lot of these problems and, and led to really Carson looking uncomfortable from from the, the word go, basically.
0: Pretty much. They basically gave him – gave him steak ingredients and said made chicken salad. Oh, and by the way, the steaks were moldy and raw and is 14 days expired. Like it, it was, it was a tough situation for anyone. I think the Eagles will be better next year also. Cause they brought in Nick Sirianni. Who's a, was the offensive coordinator for the Colts. Ironically, these two teams need to <laughs> quit being just completely intertied. I think that'll be a good fit for them as well, too. I think he'll help Jalen hurts a lot. And depending on what they do at number six, or if they trade up, I think they should try and get Jamar chase by any means. Honestly, they need a, I know you've had a bad luck with receivers recently, but. Jamar Chase if he's there. He's a different type of game changer or even Devonte Smith. Let's say Jamar Chase somehow goes number three. Devonte Smith proved damn well. He's worth being picked at number six. And then Jalen hurts reuniting a little bit. Like
1: they need a game
0: breaker on the outside. That's what I see.
1: Yeah. And heck even if you have to pick in the second round or that third round pick, even maybe pull Isaiah Rogers from Clemson. I mean, he's still sitting out there. He's a fantastic player. He can exactly. go, catch, the, go up and catch it. I think I think a line depth too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the Eagles team was more of the problem than we, we think with a quarterback. But, you know, you mentioned steak ingredients, and, and obviously a guy that loves steak is that's out in free agency right now is uh, J.J. Watt.
0: Um, uh, yeah, he is. So
1: he is being shopped around. Well, I guess he's shopping around like he's shopping for a good piece of steak. I guess is the mm-hmm. best comparison for that. He's,
0: right now he's sitting in the buffet line like, hmm, what am I going to have <laughs>
1: today? <laughs> Do I want filet mignon? Do I want filet mignon? Do I want New York strip? What about that ribeye over there? This dude has it has a plethora of choices. And we're gonna go ahead and cover our bases by talking about them early in the show, so that way, if it happens early in the show, we at least have it covered. So, where do you think JJ Watt goes? What is your your number one prediction right now for JJ Watt? What's your crystal ball say?
0: My prediction? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say my I'm gonna say the Cleveland Browns. I'm gonna say that they decide to take a flyer on him. But they want they get a pass rusher to go with Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon if he's able to come back. They just it gives them that extra option because their secondary. It can get got. I mean, it has some playmakers, but it can get had. So I think if you improve the pass rush and basically start with the front, help the back, then they could draft the back end as well too. So I'm gonna say Cleveland, but there is talk that he might stay in the division and go to the aforementioned Colts too. Which him into Force Buckner if they wanted to do like a weird NASCAR package and put him in D tackle like the Giants used to do back in the day with four defensive ends, put him into Force Buckner in the middle, JJ Swatton six foot eight to Force Buckner. Good luck throwing over the middle, guys. There's two power forwards there just to bat your shot. There's two Dikembe Matumbos basically sitting there ready to knock it down. So I'm going to say Cleveland just snags themselves to J.J. Watt. Kelsey, what are, you, what are your thoughts for J.J. Watt?
1: I love every single moment of this story because J.J. Watt to me is a I, – I have a hard time with him on the field, but I love him off the field. Off the field, he's hilarious to me. And seeing all his tweets and everything about, about everything that's happening right now is just it cracks me up.
0: And
1: I still think what we talked about be that the Pittsburgh rumor that's going around that if, if Pittsburgh wants him, they can have him like they basically they have the 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 uh, buyers discount because they have TJ and they, they have uh, Derek as well. But I think what we talked about on the show last week about him being too competitive. I think that's going to be the case. I don't think he wants to go to a team with his brother. I, 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 and I think that's a big thing. So I actually have him going to a different AFC East team. Well, AFC team. I don't mean AFC East. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Mm-hmm. Well, I do mean AFC East. But not, anyways, the Buffalo Bills. I have him going to the Bills. Because if you look at that team and you look how they're built, to me the one thing they really were missing is that run-stopping force in the middle. Ed Oliver is a fantastic defensive tackle, defensive end, combo, whatever you want to put him at. hmm they have pieces there. Ziggy Yonsa, fantastic as well, when he wants to. <laughs> the, the problem is, he half the time, he doesn't really want to play. Jerry
0: Hughes, he could get after the passer.
1: Yeah, Jerry Hughes, a clutch sack in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, they missed a solid presence in the middle of that defensive line. They have it. They have the outsides. They have the, the linebacking core. All you need is that big presence next to Ed Oliver to take some of the pressure off Ed Oliver and let Ed Oliver do what he does. And that's a speed rush, blast, power... Bull rush through a, through a tackle and not have to be double teamed. If he can get on that with single single coverage, he's gonna get to your quarterback. And that's the one thing. Getting to the quarterback was the Bill's biggest issue. If you're JJ Watt, they have plenty of plenty of things to offer you. You have a lot of money to go there. They're gonna offer you your 17, 18, 19 million, whatever they want to offer him, whatever he wants for his contract, they're gonna offer it to you. That's they have that kind of contract open. And the bills are, as we saw, what, maybe one piece, two pieces total, maybe an extra receiver to go along with the defensive tackle away from a Super Bowl chance?
0: Heck, they really were right on the cusp there. It took the Chiefs' best game of their entire season, which they yeah. ended up choking away a couple weeks later. I mean, they basically got the best Chiefs team you could get that so much so the Chiefs couldn't bring into the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, you literally took the Chiefs' best shot and and sort of hampered the Chiefs for their their, their game mm-hmm. against the the Bucks. But, yeah, I mean, you look at that and – you're not far from a Super Bowl. And you have a quarterback there who is very Deshaun Watson-like in the fact he just wants to win. The guy wants to go out and win. Josh Allen will do what it takes and put his body on the line to win, much like we've seen Deshaun do. And that's just that that type of camaraderie that JJ had with Deshaun, I think he would get a lot of that with Josh Allen. And those two, as we've seen with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, their little brotherhood rivalry led them both to become even better. I think adding JJ into that mix with those two, you got a whole extra level. And then add in Tredavious White, who's still there. You know, add in, <laughs> add in all the pieces they have around them. And that team, that young team that's so solid can become that next step. And that's, to me, I, everything about the Bills is like, it's an outside hope for a lot of Bills fans. But for me, who is not a Bills fan, maybe I'm a closet Bills fan, I don't know. But <laughs> I think this could be an opportunity for J.J. to go and change a whole environment like he wanted to do in Houston and like he wanted to change the environment to a winning environment, he can go walk into Buffalo, and if he leads them to a Super Bowl, we talk about how the Bills fans circle the wagons like no other. If if a man comes into your team and helps to lead you to a Super Bowl within the next two years, that man will be beloved forever, and J.J. Watt won't, would, would love that. That's I think the, the pinnacle of his career would be to have that because he was already loved by Houston. He loves being loved. And what better way to love being loved than to go to a, a, a team like Buffalo and take them to a Super Bowl?
0: Heck, we saw what they did with Stephon Diggs. They welcomed him in like they drafted him. And let's yeah. not forget to mention too, Josh Allen's still on that rookie deal for I believe two more years. This is the time to splurge a little bit. Send fifteen million a year to J.J. Watt. Grab it. We talk. We've talked nauseum about the forty-plus receivers set to hit free agency. Snag one of them too. Like spend yeah. them all in for like one to two-year deals where it's really front-heavy basically strap yourself early and it's going to be tough after these two years, but you can really go all in with this young court, with this young stud quarterback on a cheap deal, a number one receiver, a number one lockdown corner. Like you got X factors across the board. You just got to fill in some of the spots and now's the time to do it. Really. If you're, if you're the bills go all in for before you have to pay Josh Allen, start working around the money. If you will.
1: Yeah. Pay Josh Allen, something similar to Patty Mahomes. If he wins an MVP next year, (laughs) Because unfortunately, that's going to be the number that's probably going to pop up because that's just how the market works. But speaking of the market...
0: Okay, we're thinking the same thing. We're thinking
1: the same thing. I think we're thinking the same guy too. Just like I mentioned him earlier, a very similar player to Josh Allen and his desire to win, Deshaun Watson, has had a... I mentioned a little bit on the show last week. They had been rumors about the Panthers really trying to step up. And in the last week, those have heated up to almost a boiling point, if you will. Everything... Everything is pointing to the Panthers being all in on trying to get Deshaun. And DJ, what's your thoughts on this? And and what are you thinking like going forward for both teams? Like, how do you think this is gonna work? The
0: problem is how do you get him? Like, obviously you trade in pick number eight and a couple future ones. So let's say your net three first round picks. They also are probably gonna want Christian McCaffrey or Robbie Anderson or DJ more. Like you're strapping your team and you're I don't know what you can give up because Brian Burns too. Like they, it sounds like they want the whole enchilada. And if you're the Panthers, you can't give up all that for Deshaun. Cause then it's Houston East coast, basically at that point, yeah. it's an absolute, you have to keep DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey, at least one of them guaranteed has to stay. And if you do give up one of those, you almost have to be like, look, we're not giving up another pick too. We'll give you the three ones and maybe Robbie Anderson, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. They like Robbie Anderson. He is fantastic there, but they, they have to find a way to, give up a lot without giving up everything. I don't know how that's going to work. Like, cause they don't have the excessive picks like the jets or the dolphins do, for example, who have the extra picks to give away. So I think it could work for both teams. They got to find a happy medium to like maybe three picks in CMC and then like a later fifth or something like that. Just that way. Everybody gets those and throwing Teddy Bridgewater too. So Houston has their bridge quarterback. Yeah. So then you have Teddy and CMC going there and a bunch of picks. I think that could work. And then you keep DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So Deshaun has weapons. You can replace CMC, which it hurts. I know they don't want to. CMC is Carolina right now, but yeah. you could replace a running back easier than anything else necessarily.
1: They have what? Uh, what's his name? I can't. Mike uh, Davis. Wasn't Samuel bad. sitting over there. They yeah. Even him in.
0: receiver slash running back slash whatever Curtis Samuel wants to play, basically like rotating him all over the place. Then they'll have to get some offensive line help because that was a struggle last year. They got a really young defense, like Derek Brown, Jeremy Chim, Aquara. They got Williams. a they got a young squad, so they can they could make it work. Obviously, like they could definitely make it work. I just I'm worried Houston's going to say, "No, nah, we want all of them." Panthers are going to oblige, like, "Okay, take our soul," and then it's going to be they're literally going to just be polar opposites at that point.
1: Yeah, to your point uh, of giving the farm away for this one, uh, there was a tweet by Peter Schrager. He has a hypothetical trade. Offer that likely would get accepted by the Texans. It is Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns. I can stop right there and be like, that would be enough for me if I'm the Panthers to give away. I'm not giving any more, but no, 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 I'm not done yet. No. Teddy Bridgewater, because obviously they need a quarterback. And then this year's and next year's first round pick. I like, I'm sorry. If I'm the Panthers, I laugh at that idea if the Texans call me up and I like, if I'm the, if I'm the Panthers, I'm like, Hey, what do you want for Deshaun? And they like name that off. I'm like, all right, uh, call me when you want to get realistic. I'll be waiting, but I, I still want to work with you guys. I just, that's not that's stupid. You got to be crazy.
0: If you're going to give up Brian Burns, who's like your defensive cornerstone right now, he is your defensive superstar pass rusher. You got to be like, look, I'm not giving you CMC. I'll give you an extra three or something like that, but you can't give up CMC and Brian Burns along with all the picks. Plus Robbie Anderson and, that's just too much. That's ridiculous. Even You can't even physically do that on something like Madden where you can't offer that much trade, trade value in return, let alone in real life. Like That's... I don't know. Like Obviously, Deshaun is Deshaun. No one loves Deshaun more than we do, arguably. We think he's... Well, some people do, I guess. Some, but we think he's a top-five quarterback. We did that in our preseason rankings. Mm-hmm. Even after a rough season, we still think he's that good. I, like I said, everything on that trade's fine, but take out Brian Burns and throw in a third... Or take out CMC and throw in like a, another first or a second. I don't yeah. think you give up your two, your best offensive player and your best defensive player.
1: Yeah, I, I sit here and look at this like those Madden leagues we we play in online and the dynasty, like the online franchises, where we have to make a trade committee to prevent stupid trades from happening. And if somebody brought this trade to me and said to Sean for Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, Brian Burns, Teddy Bridgewater, and two first, I'd laugh at him and be like, "No, that's rejected because that's just that's not fair." To, that's not an even close to a remotely even trade. That's not like there's no competitive balance in that trade whatsoever. If you take out Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson and you leave Ryan Burns, Teddy, two first and a second, I think that's a feasible trade. I think if you, if you go with Brian, if you have to get rid of one of McCaffrey or Burns, to be completely honest, I keep McCaffrey because running back, and a successful running back in this league is very hard to come by, and especially somebody to pair with Deshaun. I couldn't think of a better dream scenario than having Christian next to Deshaun. And I know that's be both, but thinking. I
0: feel like Houston's gonna be like, "Look, we want CMC, we want mm-hmm. him." Like, I think they could give up not taking Brian Burns, but they're gonna look at CMC. Like, look, we're giving you the an X factor quarterback. We want something. We want an X factor type player in return.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I see. That. And to me, I think that you get Christian or you get Brian Burns, but you don't get both. 100%. 100% we
0: agree on that one like like I, if, yeah.
1: if you get Christian you get Christian and Teddy and two first and I'm done and that's my offer
0: maybe throwing a third somewhere in there yeah too.
1: maybe like a third and a fifth transferring side like Houston sends me a fifth to go along with my third pick and then like you know a third a third round pick to go with it and, and maybe something like that could work but if you get Brian Burns then you get the two first and a second along with then you get a uh, Teddy as well and I'm just like all right that's here's my offer take it or leave it like
0: Maybe you throw in Curtis Samuel for feeling like, okay, fine. You're swindling us, but we'll give you Curtis Samuel too. So you get another playmaker, yeah. but just know I'm annoyed with you. Like that's the fine. We'll take it, but we're pissed at you offer.
1: Yeah. I'm not giving up Robbie and, and Christian or Robbie and Brian Burns. I mean, honestly, if I could, if I could do it, I'd give you Robbie and not give you Christian and Brian Burns. <laughs> if I could really get away with that, that would be the ideal trade. And who knows, maybe the Texans decide to falter and that's what they go for. And that would make me laugh so hard.
0: So, Bill but- Where are you at?
1: Exactly. But no, this trade, man, it's the Panthers are very, very curious to me because everybody's like, oh, yeah, the Panthers are a great fit for Deshaun, which currently built. They are. Yes. But but... the fact is to get Deshaun, you have to get (laughs) rid of your two pieces that would make you the perfect fit for Deshaun. And they're gone now. It's like, what do you do with these pieces? Uh, It's it's so frustrating to see all these analysts that like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to Carolina. They're the perfect fit. Okay, but your trade package Makes it so it's no longer the perfect fit for him. Like what you're just you're just repeating Houston again at this point in time.
0: Oh, the Jets would be great. They have all this capital. They'd be a great place to get Deshaun. Well, if they trade for Deshaun, they're stuck with no draft picks and still the Jets of last year, which is talented but rough. Really a lot of the the Dolphins, oh, they were such a playoff team. They're so close. Well, you just traded everything to get you closer for a quarterback, which the Dolphins might work. They'd want to touch up on receiver in the offseason, probably like a free agency, but Dolphins would make sense. If they're willing to give up all of that, I don't know what like obviously the two picks this year, a pick next year, and Tua maybe if the Texans even want Tua.
1: Yep, that's yeah, and that's the projected for him. And it's been it's been said that he is approved he will approve trades to four teams as of right now, and that's obviously the Panthers, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. Those are the four teams that he would approve trades to because he does have that no trade clause in his contract.
0: I guarantee though, if the 49ers approached with something Houston would accept, Deshaun, Beck, okay, throw them into. I'll go to. I'll go there. That'll be yeah. fun.
1: As long as they keep George Kittle, I 100% agree. I think they'd be like, oh, you got. I I throw to George Kittle. I throw to that freak of a guy, a guy who I've never had on my team, who's like basically the tight end equivalent to DeAndre. He could just run people over and run by them and do whatever else he wants to do. All right, I'm cool, guys. Bye.
0: Oh, Kyle Shanahan's bootleg offense, which really makes mobile quarterbacks look like gods. The one guy who made Kirk Cousins get paid 30 plus million dollars, get $80 million guaranteed contract. Oh, the guy who made Jimmy Garoppolo look like a stud and go to a Super Bowl. Me, please. Me, please. The guy who had RG three as look like the next coming of great quarterbacks until injury. Like, uh, yeah, I think that's a good fit, too. If they I don't think they have anywhere near what it takes to get that. I mean, unless they want to give up Nick Bosa, a couple ones. Two running backs, Raheem Mostert and Mike Shanahan. I don't know,
1: like yeah, you you be shipping the shipping the farm for that one as well for the Niners. But if that's an opportunity that ever arose, I do think if I'm Deshaun, I'd paraphrase Kirk Cousins and be like, "Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'll take it. I like that. Like that. That, that would be me if I'm Deshaun and I get to go to the Niners, who is you know again three year two years removed now from a Super Bowl. Um, was it two years? Yeah, two years removed from a Super Bowl birth. So you know, all they need is all they need then is just get a receiver besides Debo Samuel and you'll be pretty good. Kendrick Bourne. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy. So I don't know. There's a lots to, there's lots to unpack with, with Deshaun going forward. I I think that's a very interesting one, but I think the big thing in this is just how much the market got messed up with the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford. Um, Yeah. They
0: broke, they broke everything.
1: Yeah. That market, that market value just offset completely everything. Um, but guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna head to break. We're gonna talk, we're gonna hear about Fanatics and Fubo TV, our, our partners here on Unhinged Sports Network. And when we get back, we gotta talk snubs. NBA All-Star snubs, the, the All-Star Reserve roster just got released on Tuesday. And we're gonna talk about some guys that should have made it. But well, we'll be right back, guys. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to onionjessn.com. I'll be having a DJ in the high-low sports podcast. See ya. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with FuboTV. TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, you can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, guys, as you just heard from Fanatics and FuboTV. Uh, partners right here on the Unhidden Sports Network, if you haven't already joined Fubo TV, cut the cord, join the 21st century, stop paying those, your, your high cable bills. It's just not worth it anymore. I have the channels you don't even watch. And, guys, Fanatics, show your fanhood, get your gear. If We can't be fans if we don't show our, our love for our teams, right? That's why you don't see me wearing any Cowboys gear anymore. I'm just not a Cowboys fan anymore. Um, there's a closet full of it somewhere, though. I'm just not going to tell you where that is. But on top of that, guys, if you guys haven't heard, Craft Beer Company is one of our sponsors. If you guys don't know what Craft Beer Company is, if you know what BarkBox is, you know what Craft Beer Company is. It is a subscription, monthly subscription service for craft beer. So it's like BarkBox, but for adults. I mean, who doesn't love beer getting delivered to their door? All you got to do is crack it open. You have fantastic craft beers to choose from every month. Go check it out. Link is in our bio. And then there's some snubs today, though, DJ. What about these snubs?
0: So... The NBA all-star list basically just came out. We knew the starters, and we now know the reserves. And frankly, I'm going to be honest, to me, they stink. But you know what doesn't stink? Stink Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man. Smell like a champion. Feel like a man. Better smell and better skin without the harsh chemicals. The only soap for a, no- for a man. But anyway, now they've got that out of the way. These <laughs> Some of these All-Star, all-stars, most of them are fine, obviously. Like every year, there's probably like, if you go through like 12 on each side, 10 of them are fine, but there's always two where it's like, how do you not have that guy in there? Like, yeah. what is going on? What am I missing? And it doesn't make any sense. And there's a couple this year that have been snubbed multiple times now. Yeah. And then there's a couple of guys that should have got, this should be their debut in the all-star game, but they, it stinks that that's all there is to it. Yeah. Kelsey, I'm going to let you go first. Who is your number one snub for this year's all-star game?
1: So for me, I'm going to head over to the Eastern conference and I'm going to start there. This man is averaging 25 points and nine assists in the season. He is the very first player in 30 years to have 25-plus points and nine-plus assists in a season and not make an all-star game. And it's that man, ice in his veins, Trey Young down in the ATL, the Dirty South. How does he not get to a freaking all-star game? What does this man have to do? Like, what... What is left for him to prove that he can shoot, that he can play with the big boys? Get this man in the game. That'd be
0: that probably help, but
1: man, like (laughs) I don't blame him for not having to guard anybody. He's the only offense this team has. It's like watching D Wade in those years between championship and LeBron getting there, where there was just emptiness across the court, and you're just like, wow, he's carrying the offense, man. But the difference is D-Wade played defense, but we're not going to get to that.
0: I was going to say, like, what are you trying to say there? That's a (laughs) multiple-time all-defensive player. I don't know what correlation you're making here.
1: I'm just saying, like, as far as having to carry a team goes right now, Trey Young is absolutely carrying these Hawks, uh, playing fantastically in an Eastern Conference that has really it all to play for down in the cellar. I mean, anybody is viable to get in that 10, 10 through 8 seed, 10 through 6 seed, really, and get into these playoffs this season. So, I mean, these Hawks are a potential playoff team. And again, let me repeat: first player in 30 years, 25 plus points and nine plus assists to not make an All Star game. Like that's just incredible. Like how do you, how do you put up a stat line like that and you don't get a nod?
0: I, I, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, he's Splash Brother Mid at this point and still get no love.
1: I don't know about Mideast, but he's definitely Dirty South Splash Brother.
0: Well, I mean, I, I would say it's in the Eastern Conference. It's Like in the Eastern Conference, it's kind of in the Eastern part, but it's not East East. It's not uh, Boston
1: East. Fair point. It's, yeah, it's not those Northeasters. It's more the Swamp East. He, he, dropped, he, he dropped some swamp bombs.
0: Yeah, that's. I guess that's what we're going to call up when he pulls up from, like, 56 <laughs> feet away.
1: But so, DJ, what about you? Obviously, that's my number one number one snub so far, but I will get to my number two here in a minute. But your number one snub, who is, who is your guy right now?
0: Well, you did the one in the east, so I'm going to go to the west because obviously there's snubs all over the place. But I'm going to pick, in my opinion, the biggest one. The man that we talked about ad nauseum because he was so damn good in the bubble – and we talked about him in our preseason phase because we all kind of liked him in one way or another. I had him going to be the fifth seed in the West, Devin Booker. He's averaging 25 points, four assists, four rebounds, playing defense. The team has 20 wins already. I think they're like 20 and 11, something along those lines. When he plays, he's a bucket. Simple as that. And now that he has an actual point guard with him, and DeAndre Ayton's not suspended, they are a force. They went undefeated in the bubble with him last year, and this has carried over to this year. Last year, he averaged 28 points per game and got snubbed last year. They, he is the ultimate – he is Deshaun Watson of the NBA. He is the ultimate <laughs> baller on a team that was basically getting shafted. And now that he's winning, he's still getting shafted for people on teams that aren't nearly as good. Like yeah. when we look at some of the guys that have made it, like Zion Williamson is fantastic, but his team's pretty terrible minus that comeback against the Celtics. Which, by way, the way, was a
1: fantastic game for us to call on. color castles. Yeah, my
0: voice is still raspy <laughs> if you can't tell. They are the 12th seed. Devin Booker and them are the five seed and his teammate Chris Paul made the all-star list, which was weird. Like Chris Paul is awesome. We love Chris Paul
1: But over Devin him.
0: Booker. Chris Paul's arguably the third wheel on that team. Yeah. Like really Chris Devin Booker,
1: speaking, he is
0: like, like Chris Paul is a dog, but it is Devin Booker's team. And it absolutely amazes me that he could be snubbed like this. They are 20 and 10. But the the difference is Anthony Davis was an all-star, Both his injury, maybe Devin Booker slides in as that first alternate, so maybe they make this right that way. I don't know if there's really that opportunity in the East, so maybe Trey Young ends up being the most shafted one, like you mentioned. But I don't understand how Devin Booker doesn't get in there. What more does he have to do? Does he have to drop 30?
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't he know. He
0: 63 already once, like, gosh, he, or 70. Like Yeah. Uh,
1: At this point, I think he needs to have an NBA 2K-like career and just have, like, an average 45 a, a game just to – just to be getting a nomination for a reserve spot on this team—that's the downside to this Western Conference. The Western Conference is so guard-heavy. You see guys like Chris Paul getting the nomination over over Devin Booker because name value, unfortunately, uh, having this fan vote meaning that much to the name of somebody making an All-Star game kind of kind of makes it ugly in the reserve section. You get a lot of these na- these guys getting snubbed. And one of the other ones from the Western Conference, you talked about Anthony Davis getting injured, and you also talked about Zion Williamson. Well, Zion's teammate, also another guy averaging top 20 numbers in scoring. Uh, we talked about it during our ColorCast broadcast, the uh, Waluigi to uh, Zion's Wario, if you will. And uh, But Brandon Ingram, man, that's my number two sub, right, number two snub right now, and especially number two in the West. 23.9 23, 23, 23. points a game, five five 5.3 rebounds. 4.7 assists, almost a still a game, almost a block a game. Shooting around 47%, which for him, outstanding. Almost 40% from three. I mean, goodness, for Brandon Ingram, a guy who we've been just kind of waiting to take that turn around the corner, the guy's actually been playing outstanding this season, which is really, if we think about it, flashback to the bubble. He, They were playing like this in the bubble as well for a little while. Unfortunately, obviously, the Pelicans were too far gone to be able to make it. But... This is the moment that, you you know, he had an opportunity. And he made an All-Star game last year with worse numbers. He's better
0: this year and is not in there. It doesn't yeah, make
1: like, sense. I, I, Zion makes it from from the Pelicans. I, I get that. Obviously, Zion's having a fantastic year. We talked about how great he was during the game. Uh, so I'm not going to harp on that. But Brandon Egram is still better than he was last year. And he's still a top 20 scorer. And in a game that includes the top 24 players in the NBA, he's not one of them. He has a top twenty scorer in the NBA, but he's not top twenty-four. I got what what what? Uh I don't any yeah. The the reserve, I don't know how they decided this year, but I do believe it included some fan vote and the fans got it wrong again. I'm just
0: gonna Well we're gonna talk a little bit more about the fans having a little bit too much say, including like we're fans too. So obviously we're yeah. saying we're like We're the, wrong. <laughs> the fans did some wrong ish in here. We'll leave it that way.
1: But what about you? Who is your who's your second most snubbed guy that you can think of? That hasn't already been named.
0: Honestly, he probably could have been the first snub for me, but I wanted to show Devin Booker the love because I think he's starting to be cut, turn into like the new age Dame Lillard where they just keep ignoring, keep ignoring, keep ignoring. He has to basically break up an entire team in the playoffs to get any love like Dame did to OKC a couple of years ago. Then they're like, oh, yeah, okay, OK, and Dame's pretty goodbye.
1: good. Wave yeah. goodbye while he does it.
0: And they still underestimate him sometimes, which we'll talk more about in just a moment. Teaser, spoiler alert, but
1: <laughs> I'm going to go to
0: the Eastern Conference and look at... The Pacers, Dante's about Dante Sabonis. They're 15 and 14. So it's not a great record, but they are, th- I think, fourth in the East, is what they're tied with right now. He was an all-star last year. That was great. He's with worse he's numbers, doing,
1: way worse numbers.
0: What he's doing this year is those 2K numbers you speak of is like a stretch power forward. He is at 21 and a half points, 11 and a half rebounds, and just under six assists per game as a power forward. Who else on that team is who else on that team do you know besides Miles Turner, who's just a block machine?
1: yeah no you're exactly right i can't like like There's laverne who they
0: traded for who's supposed to be like their backcourt help to kind of replace the depot void he hasn't been able to play unfortunately and hopefully he gets better soon obviously Zabonis no. so has kept this team afloat they had the coaching change in the offseason after winning being a winning team last year i don't understand how he didn't get the all-star not either over some of the guys in the east too like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shaft him i'm not gonna say who i take out because that's disrespectful to them but there's some guys when you look at that East roster. Anyone who watches basketball, like, oh, you definitely put the bonus in over that guy. Oh, definitely that guy too. This guy? Are you kidding? Me? You could probably take out three or four guys over and put the bonus in their spot, and there'd be no real blinks. And what's even worse is this year's All Star game was supposed to take place in Indianapolis. It was scheduled that way prior to the pandemic. Could you imagine if he got shafted when it was out of his home All Star game?
1: That'd Instead, be-
0: they just get the entire NCAA tournament. So the city of Indianapolis is fine, but like,
1: yeah. this is insane. And it's, and not on, not just that, but on top of that, like you mentioned it being an indie, Indiana goes another year without an all-star. It's been three years. Well, mm-hmm. not three years minus last year. So three years period in there. So they three had, or four years. Yeah. That they didn't have an all-star. How one of the most storied franchises in NBA history. I mean, we talk about the Reggie Miller days and just think about how great they were then. That team is just, not putting out... Like, they have the guys that are great. and They just are getting shafted. Like, DeMontis Modis is absolutely fantastic. The only thing he can't do is really dribble smoothly. Like, he can dribble. It's just kind of clunky. It's a big man dribbling up the court is really what it is. But he can he can score. He can block. He can do everything. Rebound. You name it. He can pass. Like, he can dribble
0: from the free throw line in, basically. It's carrying yeah. the ball up the court you necessarily don't want him doing. But isolate him at the elbow and be like, all right, uh, make stuff happen.
1: Exactly. It's crazy. I mean, you add him on top of, like, we'll just, I can just name a couple off the top of my head as well. Jeremy Grant, also a snub, doing fantastic things in Pitt, in Detroit this year after getting the trade over from uh, Denver. Fred Van Fleet having a career year. Granted, it's not, comparing it to these guys, I mean, these guys are much lesser snubs than, than, than the guys we've mentioned as our top two. Uh, Chris Middleton, another one, you know, potentially being snubbed. Again, not having a fantastic year. All-star last year, again, with better numbers this year than last year, but still not really a snub of this caliber. I,
0: what is, One other guy I'm going to mention is, because you're probably not going to mention him, I'm going to mention him. It's your boy, De'Aaron Fox. He could have yeah. made a strong case. For, I know, that, like you said, it's a guard-heavy West, but 22 points, seven assists, three rebounds, and he's picked it up in the last month. He's at 25 points and nine assists. Like I know the Kings record isn't very great, but at the same time, Darren Fox has played well enough to make it too. like, I don't like I, said, I don't know who you take out in the West, especially the yeah. guard. Like, can there's we just a couple a guys. Third
1: All Star game, All Star team, and play a round robin tournament for like that'd be, a, that'd be perfect.
0: That's exactly when you Devin Booker could be captain of that one, or Trey Young is like the snub captain, basically.
1: Yeah, like I- I'll go be captain of the team. Basically, we'll we'll take we'll take the event they created last year, where every quarter is different. Quarter one. Team 1 versus Team 3, quarter 2 Team 2 versus Team 3, quarter 3 Team 1 versus Team 2. The one who won the most, so whoever won 2 is obviously in the finals versus the next best team. And if we have to decide that in a shootout, we decide that shit in a shootout. And I'm taking Trey Young as my shooter. I win. Or I'll take I'm Devin taking Booker as my Booker. shooter. Good
0: luck, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, let, let me take this team and let me run them. I'd have Mike Conley running point at this point in time. I don't care, I'll do it whatever. Darren Fox, Mike Conley, Devin Booker Trey Young, I'm running all smalls out there. Demonte Sabonis being my biggest guy in the court, I will win every single game. I guarantee that.
0: Well, we talked about shooting and shootouts and snubs. We're going to talk about a guy who's not an all-star snub necessarily, but still managed to find a way to get snubbed yet again. D-Lil, Dame Lil, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard. Not the all-star starter for the West at point guard. That honor goes to Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks.
1: He can come be he can come be an all star starter starter for my all snub team. Like he could be he could start for any team. I don't <laughs> care what the title of it is. Dame, you are playing. Come on down.
0: What, yeah. what are your What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh I didn't think they could slight Damian Lillard anymore at this point in time in his career. It's been MVP slights. It's been comeback player of the year slides. It's been you know most improved player slides. It's been all star after all star after all star after all star slights. Not even just make, not even just making not the starters, but not even making the team. And this year, he's coming out playing like an MVP candidate. And when Luca even came out and said, "I'm not deserving of an All Star spot," he's like, "Oh, we're gonna make Luca a starter." Dame, you're a reserve. Like, what?
0: and that yeah. came down to the fan vote that split that too. You look at the coaches and the players' votes of oh,
1: Rip City, Rose City, whatever you want to call yourself, Portland where are you where is the pacific northwest love seattle fans we know you've turned into trailblazers fans because that's the next logical choice choice for a crazy fanhood since the sonics left we know you didn't follow the team to the thunder you we know you came down to portland where are you at where's the pacific northwest to show love for dame lillard where's oakland to show love for dame willard dame lillard where's the utah fans not giving love to donovan mitchell to give love to Dame Lillard. I will say at?
0: they probably did give him love. The problem is Luca has all of Europe, basically, unfortunately. <sighs> and Europe doesn't actually watch NBA basketball as much as they should. They watch their guys like Luca. I'm kidding. Yeah. They probably watch plenty. But at the same time, I Luca could be an all-star. His numbers are stupid. Like, that's fine. But Dame Lillard is arguably in the top three to five for MVP candidates right now. The Blazers, without CJ McCollum, are a comfortable playoff team. I think they're at five or six. They're not too far behind the Suns, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe they're seven. They might have dropped a little bit. But they're in the playoffs and not falling off just looking at his numbers 30 points a game 29.8 top five in the league if i'm not mistaken maybe six eight assists per game top 10 in the league 45 ish percent from the field goal range not great but not bad by any means whatsoever especially for a guard 38 percent from three pretty good i'd say i mean not to not exactly 45 percent elite but considering how he leads the league in three pointers per game i'd say that's pretty damn good if he doesn't lead he's right behind steph curry and of course where Dane's been absolutely deadly his whole career, 93% from the free throw line. The dude's a walking bucket, 26.6-something PER. I don't understand it. We're going to talk about our midseason NBA awards next week. We're going to basically let this first half of the regular season play out a little bit more. But I think we're going to be talking about this guy a little bit next week. Both of us will be.
1: Oh, 100%. I can, Yeah, I guarantee it. And they're actually six in the West right now. Um, They are okay. just, behind, just behind San Antonio and who is just behind – Phoenix now, who has just bumped up to fourth as of today. And speaking um, of San
0: Antonio, DeMar DeRozan could have made a case for an all-star spot too. I mean, he was pretty darn good himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, it's, this is crazy. I, I we, There's got to be some kind of fix to this. You know, the NHL has six all-star teams. You know, they have one for every division. And I hate to say it, but if you're the NBA, you have so many divisions. I think it's, what, eight in each conference, if I'm not mistaken? Or something stupid like that, or five in each conference, so you have ten total divisions. Like, do a best of three from every division, and you just won't happen anymore. Or like, do a squad of five, do a squad of six. Like, do what you have to do and play three v three. Make it so we don't have any more of these guys that should be should be playing being snubbed. Because I mean, now that contracts are being incentivized through All Stars games you know, they've always been, but even more so we see it now. Like you can't keep snubbing a guy if it's going to have contract implications down the road. There's got to be a middle ground here or like give him a, you're an all-star reserve. So technically you're, you're, you're considered an all-star, but you're just not suited up. Like you'll be at the event, but you'll be in a suit and not dressed up. Maybe, maybe that's a consideration.
0: I don't know what the answer is, but and I understand there's going to be snubs every year no matter what, unless you put every single starter in the All-Star game. There's always going to be a snub somehow, but some of these, it seems like they get sillier and sillier every year. There's always one or two where it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like we talked about Trey Young and Devin Booker. I'm looking at the All-Star list now, and there's obviously everyone on this list is All-Star worthy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shafting any of them. That's the downside about having so many good NBA players. Downside, quote unquote. Yeah. But I I look at some of these and I'm like, Okay, you could sub that guy out and put in Devin Booker. Oh, you could definitely put Trey Young in above that guy. You have that person ahead as a bonus? And Like I mentioned, I'm not going to mention any names who I would take out because that's just disrespecting someone who achieved it. They deserve the all-star status. So I'm going to keep that opinion to myself necessarily. <laughs> but I, there's, it's so shocking, honestly. I'd rather be talking about some of these other people as snubs. Like, man, they probably should have been an all-star. Then are you kidding me he wasn't an all-star? If that makes sense. Like the level of snub yeah. that would be different if we swapped him.
1: Yeah, like, if we're talking about Chris Middleton being a snub right now, it's like, oh, darn, oh, no. Like, you know, that's it's just a shame somewhat. But at the same time, he's kind of playing third fiddle on that team right now, second fiddle, second and a half fiddle, whatever you want to call it. Really, really good two fiddle, but not elite two fiddle. Yeah, he's not playing where he was last year as far as being just so inc- incorporated into the team's success. It's it, it, Whereas you look at D-Book and you look at Trey Young and you're just like, why aren't these guys there? What... <laughs> What what is what is stopping them from being that dude right now? What what is what is the what is the thing getting in their way? Um, I don't I just don't get it. Like, ironically enough, I was just looking at Dame Lillard's Wikipedia page because I was looking up stats. Uh, they 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 announced that he's going to be obviously in Space Jam, the new Odyssey movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ironic because when I think of that, I think of the Space Jam original Space Jam and think of those five guys that had their powers stolen and dame is to me he's like the, the equivalent to Muggsy bogues right now is just where he, he he had a great career or lj even larry johnson where he has a a very all-star specific career can make a whole bunch of all-star teams but gets snubbed because the depth is it's just so deep in, in that conference it's just like but you're good enough to be considered one of the greats to have your power stolen and make an alien amazing at basketball like you're that good and he make, it makes it makes all literally all universe team out of your powers, but you know what? You're not good enough to make a an Earth only all star team, a North America only all star team. <laughs> Sorry, like what? That's not fair. Come on, man.
0: And the other thing I'll mention really quickly too is we're running a little bit lower on time. Is looking at the East starters: Giannis, obvious; Joel Embiid, obvious; Bradley Beal, thank God they got that right; Kevin Durant, obvious; Kyrie Irving, kind of surprised me a little bit though. I was surprised to see him as a starting point guard. Not that he's not he's obviously all star deserving, but I almost feel like James Harden would have been a better choice for the guard than he would be. What James Harden has done since he got there, he's been an absolute force. He's been the ultimate offensive weapon. The things we kind of criticize him with more in Houston, that's not a thing anymore. Like he occasionally will pound the ball because James Harden. But we're seeing James
1: Harden, James Harden right now. Yeah, exactly. The OKC James Harden that made him so good. And then he's mixing that in with his shooting ability that he developed in Houston.
0: And yeah, his just, passing that he really de- – that he refined in Houston too. Like, that's what I think means. His- I mean, you think he's like third in Nets all-time triple-double history already? And they're like more organic ones playing alongside Kyrie and, Ke- and Kevin when Kevin is there. They've won five games in a row without Kevin or something like that. They just swept the entire – I think it was Pacific Division, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Yeah, yeah the whole Pacific. They, they they have had eight straight wins and it's just absolutely incredible. And
0: and five of those are without Kevin, who's the, the second best player, arguably the first in the game, depending on how you rank him. Mean, he's top three, no, some way, shape, or form. One of the oh, all-star
1: you, captains. Let's just yeah, yeah just exactly.
0: <laughs> so I think James Hard needs the I would personally put him ahead of Kyrie in my and he's been a lot more available. He's played more games. So yeah. that'd be my personal choice in that. That's if I'm gonna critique, but obviously it's like Kyrie Irving, that's an all star at itself. I'm not even saying we're talking about, we talked about Dame on the one side should have been a starter. I think James Harden could have been the starter for the East.
1: 100%. And you know, one guy that I I will mention about the East that I'm kind of glad to see he made an all star team, Julius Randle. Yes. Uh, Playing fantastically in New York. Obviously, he's been through his own things with the Lakers and then, you know, New Orleans and then now New York. It's, uh, you know, good on him for finally. Figuring it out and playing in your skill set and not trying to play outside of your skill set.
0: Normally young guys leave New York and then find their find their rhythm and find their home basically. He went to New York and found his home, and New York's actually about a five hundred team too. Like they're competitive again. So yeah. a good for you. playoff and, team. Yeah. And Zach Levine too. He's I know the Bulls aren't necessarily great, but he is a bucket. He is a he is a show at himself to watch. Flying through the air, huck up threes. He he's a show to watch. I'm glad to see him make it as
1: well, too. Quick question. Will he be part of the dunk contest this year?
0: I would hope so, but I don't think so. I think he did say he retired from the dunk contest a couple of years ago. So I don't know who's going to be in the dunk contest this year. I
1: mean, Yeah. I think even if he retired, even if he didn't admit that he'd retired a couple of years ago, I think injuries would have been like, let's not get involved this year with the dunk contest, Zach. Although we, I think we can both agree. He's one of those fun guys to watch flying through the air.
0: Absolutely. And I'm just looking at it just from the guys who are named all stars, Donovan Mitchell, I'd love to see him back in it. Zion, obviously. Like, I don't know how limited if he is dunking. He seems like the kind of guy who can only throw it down with power and authority of Thor's hammer, but maybe he could do something really cool. Those he are the two that really stick Thor's out. Hammer. What was that?
1: A spinning Thor's hammer, if you will. Basically,
0: yeah. A windmill Thor's hammer. Yeah. Those are the two that really stick out. Maybe Jalen Brown, he's a pretty athletic dunker too. Like the only other guys I could think, a lot of these other guys, Joel Embiid actually could be interesting. He seems like a guy who could pull out some real creative, something like, Right as he dunks, he has, some, he has a shirt that says, Rihanna, what's your phone number or something like that. Like, I think Joel Embiid can make it fun.
1: I think you're living vicariously through Joel Embiid right now.
0: That is neither here nor there.
1: <laughs> That'll do it for us today, guys. Uh, obviously, check us out over on uh, Unhinged Sports Network every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, we release on Sp- S- S- Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And uh, if you guys have any questions, be sure to hit up our Twitter page. At high underscore low underscore sports, and check out our blogs at the highlowsportspodcast dot com. Until next time, guys. See ya. When well, Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up, just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory levels good. Whoa! Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. You really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more